You are listening to African Perspectives with host Brother Oshi on Time for an Awakening Media, part of the Black Talk Radio Network. For podcasting or live program scheduling, hit them up at timeforanawakening at gmail.com. Yeah, but I 
Listening to African Perspectives, where we view the issues of our day from an African worldview and African centered perspective. This program is unapologetically African. It is a custom in the African tradition to ask elders for permission to speak, having been granted permission to our ancestors whose shoulders we stand on, to our elders whose shadows we walk in. I greet you, my dear brothers and sisters. In the language of one of the greatest civilizations on this planet, it gave the world the basic disciplines of knowledge of science, math, architecture, music, writing, law, religion, you name it, we did it. The Greeks called it Egypt, but they called themselves Kemet, and Kemet means land of the blacks. I greet you all in the Kemetic language, the word of peace, Hotep. It is truly an honor and a privilege to pour libation because we truly do stand on the shoulders of those who came before us. We're going to use water because water has no enemies. Water is the great cleanser, the great purifier. Everything on the planet that lives, it needs water from a tiny microscopic organism to a tall redwood tree. We pour water into the earth to invoke the spirits of our ancestors and we say the word ashe. which simply means so be it. So we pour this libation to God for all that God has done and for all that God will do. We sashay. We pour this libation to Mother Africa, birthplace of all humanity, everyone who has lived, everyone who will live in the future. We all have a common ancestral root in Africa. We pour this libation to the classical civilizations of Africa. I mentioned Kemet in the opening. Kemet was the height, the apex, the zenith of African high culture. But there were others as well, as Tymeri, Punt, and Nubia. So we poured a libation to the classical civilizations of Africa. We say, Ashe. 
We poured us libation to the contemporary civilizations of Africa, of Ghana, Mali, Zangai, Benin, Great Zimbabwe. Civilizations that were flourishing and growing while Europe was in a medieval or dark age. The University of Sankare at Timbuktu, an outstanding educational institution. So we poured us libation to the contemporary civilizations of Africa. We say, Ashe? We poured us libation to the Ma'afa, the holocaust of our enslavement, the Infakani, the great tragedy, uprooted out of Africa. Our brothers and sisters lay a carpet along the Atlantic Ocean. We're in North America, South America, Central America, and throughout the diaspora. So we poured us libation to our brothers and sisters who suffered the Ma'afa, the Infakani, the holocaust of our enslavement, the great tragedy. We pour this libation in their honor and in their memory. We do not know their names, but because of them and their sacrifice, we are here. So we sashay. We pour this libation to those who fought against enslavement. If you ever heard me do a libation, you will know that we were not slaves. I repeat, we were not slaves. We were captives. What does a captive want to do? Get free. So we poured us libation to all those men and women who fought against enslavement. In fact, I maintain that some of us are more of a slave today than we were in our initial captivity because some of us are a slave to vice, to corruption, to drugs, sex, and violence. So we poured us libation to those who fought against enslavement. Gabriel Prosser, Nat Turner, Denmark Vesey, Harriet Tutman. We always resisted. And we will always resist. So we pour this libation in the name and the honor of those men and women who fought against our captivity. We pour this libation to those unborn, those young men and women who will once again lead us back on the stage of human history as a free and proud and productive people. We sashay. We pour this libation to brotherhood and sisterhood together for the union of family. We need each other. We don't have good family life. There's a saying, conditions shape conduct and consciousness. The conditions in our community are bad. The conduct towards each other is not good. Because why? We lack consciousness. And consciousness is more than just awareness. Consciousness is a deeper understanding of who you are historically, who you are culturally. So once we begin to understand the importance of brotherhood and sisterhood together for the union of family. Brothers and sisters, let us all say, Ashe, Ashe, Ashe. Shemhotep means go in peace. Good morning, African world. You are listening to African Perspectives here on the Motherland Media Network on timeforanawakening.com and blacktalkradionetwork.com. And I am your host, Baba Oshi, Hotel Family. Hope everything is well for you today. Hope you're going to have a good day getting over the hump. Hope you get a chance to do all the things you want to do, should do, must do, can do, and will do, hoping that the weather will be accommodating for you to do it. But of course, if it is not, and it must be done. It will get done because you will do it. This is African Perspectives. We're here every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday from 11 a.m. to 1 p.m., 10 to 12 Central, 9 to 11 Mountain, or 8 to 10 Pacific, or any other time around the world. But if you cannot listen to this, but if you cannot listen to this program live, you can go to our archives at 
timeforanawakening.com. At the top of the page, you'll see podcasts. Click on that. The drop down, you'll see African Perspectives. Click on that, and there will be programs that are dated and titled. Also, you can use a shortcut. That's right. Whatever search engine, you know, uh, Internet Explorer, uh, Firefox, Google Chrome, Time for an Awakening, Black Talk Radio, Be It To Me. <laughs> they all put the, there's a search engine. Put in the search engine, babaoshi.net. B-A-B-A-O-S-H-I dot net. And once again, programs that are dated and titled. Other programming we have here on Time for an Awakening every Monday and Wednesday, this program. 11 a.m. to 1 p.m. Eastern, and all times are going to give our Eastern times. On Tuesdays, starting next week, from 8 p.m., Black Reality Think Tank, hosted by Brother Alfonso Watkins, in honor of Dr. William Rogers. Friday, if it's Friday and it's 8 p.m., time for an awakening with Brother Elliot and Brother Richard. On Saturdays from 7 to 9, the Sankofa Elders Council. And then on Sunday at 7 p.m., once again, time for an awakening with Brother Elliot and Brother Richard. And, of course, the number to call is 215-490-9832. 215-490-9832. We Buy Black. We Buy Black, the largest online marketplace for American and African-owned businesses, is WeBuyBlack.com. Family, get everything you need from American African-owned businesses. WeBuyBlack.com. Africa for the Africans, Brother Bomani Tahimba is ready to take our people to the motherland. He's got a couple of tours on here that I'm anxious to check out myself. Um, he has a tour going to Senegal and Gambia, March 30th through the April 9th. Senegal and Gambia, March 30th through April 9th. Ghana, May 24th. To, Jan- to June 5th to Ghana. July 20th to July 30th, Rwanda. November 16th through the 27th, Tanzania. December 24th to January 4th, 2024, Azenia. March 29th to April 9th, Liberia. July 11th through the 23rd, 2024, Ghana. December 2nd. There's no, excuse me, November 21st to December 2nd, 2024. Kemet. Man. So Kemet going to Kemet. You know, like I said, I saw a, a trip. I mentioned it yesterday. I saw it on Facebook. Couldn't find it no more. Don't remember who was who it was with, but uh, offered a, a trip to Kemet at a real nice price. <laughs> And this is ain't bad either. This is uh, 4400 4, I mean, things are up there, family, as you know. His, his trips now are around about 4000 to between four and 4044 4, between that. A lot of them, some are 4200 But uh, all well worth it. Africa for the Africans. If, if you want to see um, pictures of previous tours, go to Facebook.com forward slash Bomani. If you want to see videos of previous tours, go to youtube.com forward slash Bomani 2007. And of course, if you go to the website, africaforthefricans.org and everything that you need for that trip of a lifetime will be there. All the information, you can check all of that out. All right. Habashah Incorporated.org, Habashah Incorporated.org. 
Habesha is doing the work helping Africa by establishing its schools at home and abroad. And, um, of course, they have their, their programs here uh, in Atlanta. The Habesha Works Program, Black to Our Roots, Sustainable Seeds, Golden Growers, and Urban Green Jasper. Of course, they have the Kashi Project in Ghana. They have the Kashi Project in Ghana. And beautiful buildings and the great work that they're doing. Habesha, Incorporated.org. The Ledge Group, Land for the Environmental Development for Group Economics. Brother Peter Brown, the Ledge Group. Uh, they work in the four areas of human development that are vital to human development, which is food, water, clothing, and shelter. They have 12 different projects on six countries and on the continent and 170 employed and over 170 employed and over 260 members. Become a member of the Ledge Group, Land for the Environmental Development for Group Economics. Abibia Tumi, A-B-I-B-I-T-U-M-I, AbibiaTumi.com. Uh, they're doing great things, man, in Ghana. Yeah. They're doing great things. And Abibia Tumi deserves to be supported. Uh, their, their website sometimes uh, delays, and it's, but you just hit that wait piece and it'll come up. They have a conference in July, July 7th through the 9th. Um, this conference deals with empowerment of African people, the first Black Power Conference first annual conference of black power hereby convened for the purpose of mapping the strategy tactics techniques and formations that lead to an effective and successful implementation of the once and for all solution to the biggest problem on the planet as such we invite present presenters able to provide insight on that and practices and following areas include but not limited to come on now give me some well, it's not moving. Well, there it goes. <laughs> uh, including, but not limited to education, military, ind- institutional, economic, agricultural, technological, family, community, and nation. The conference venue is is live. It's going to be the BBA Tumi headquarters in Ghana. And uh, also online. I'm going to check it out. BBAtumi.com. Okay, give you more uh, about that and hopefully maybe get somebody to come on and talk about it. Maybe Baba Kambon in Ghana, communicate with him and see what's happening. Of course, they have languages, um, you know, spiritual tools for African, African liberation uh, with with um, Baba James Small, Professor Small, James Small, uh, recordings of African psychology, then knowing the spirit, foundations of Kemet, thought, and uh, so a lot of stuff on BB to me. Okay, check it out. BB to me dot com. Smy Pharmacy. S M A I F A R M A C Y. Smy Pharmacy. Brothers and sisters, contact Brother Jabril at 770-765-77151. 770-765-7751. And, um, you know, if you want to change your lifestyle, you want to be more holistic, you want to be more healthy, you not you don't like the drugs that are affecting you, how they're affecting you, check them out. Give them a call. He can write out a good plan for you. If you want to contact him by email, contact him by email at smypharmacy at gmail.com. S-M-A-I 
F-A-R-M-A-C-Y at gmail.com. The um, Moses Wright, Moses Wright, the Moses West Foundation dot org, the Moses West Foundation, Moses Wright. Well, you know who Moses Wright was, right? <laughs> right. You know who Moses Wright was, right? No, he was the, he, he was uh, Emmett Till's uncle, great uncle. That was his mother's uncle, and he was staying there with him when the crackers came and bust into his house and snatched him up and killed him. Yeah, Moses Wright. And of course he got out of uh he got out of Money, Mississippi too for his life. MosesWestFoundation.org, brothers and sisters, they, they you know, he's in Jackson, Mississippi with the water machine. It's been there, it's doing work. But we need more water machines developed and placed in areas of serious need. In fact, um, it's still growing the donation necessary that will, for what he feels he needs, which is three hundred thousand dollars. It's at sixty. It's at sixty thousand now, as of August thirtieth of last year. So, still, brothers and sisters, you know, go online and donate to the Moses West Foundation. Ah. <sighs> Wadada's Healthy Market and Juice Bar, located in the West End here in the Atlanta area, and the West End's historical area that is being gentrified. <laughs> the West End, and Wadada's is right across the street from Soul Vegetarian Restaurant, up the street from the Shrine of the Black Madonna. You know, they have an uh, array of stuff in health, health uh, uh, supplements, vitamins, and all kinds of good stuff. Give them a call at 404-444-1635. With Dada's Healthy Marketing Juice Bar. Um, the Medu Bookstore in the Greenbrier Mall. Next week, Thursday on the 23rd, uh, me and Brother Olu, we will be doing our presentation on Ancient Kemet at the Medu Bookstore, the 23rd at 430 uh, call Mama Nia. Give her a call at 404-346-3263, 404-346-3263. She has a fine selection of books, postcards, greeting cards, T-shirts, figurines, and all kinds of good stuff. The Medu Bookstore in the Greenbrier Mall. Looking forward to this presentation. Man, I tell you. The Black Dot Cultural Center and Bookstore in Lithonia. Uh, my good brother Gazemde and Jamu. And, of course, he has a coffee bar there serving delicious African coffees. Give him a call at 770-305-770-305-6373. 770-305-6373. The Black Dot Cultural Center and Bookstore in Lithonia, um, east of Atlanta, off of I-20. Jump back on I-20, going east again, the next exit up. The Black Dot's exit is 74. The new Black Wall Street's exit, exit is 75. Turner Hill Road, you exit 75, make a right, three lights, make another right, and on the left will be the new Black Wall Street market. Please, brothers and sisters, just check it out. Because <laughs> if we don't, <laughs> it'll close. <laughs> hey, just being real. Sun Goddess, oh, I'm sorry. Us Lifting Us, the Economic Development Cooperative for Our People, tomorrow, Thursday night, the Thursday night broadcast, um, 
on Blog Talk Radio. That's blogtalkradio.com. Blogtalkradio.com forward slash ULU. You can listen to the program on Blog Talk Radio or you can give us a call at 929 477 2789. 929 477 2789 from 9 to 10 on Thursday. The Thursday night broadcast of Us Lifting Us. Homeland Village and Cultural Gift Shop in Macon, Georgia. Brother Abija has everything. Believe me, furniture, clothing, jewelry. <laughs> he even has a vegan uh, restaurant on the premise. Pan-African fashions. Man, shea butter, all the shea butter you need. <laughs> Man, give him a call at 478-256-1166. That's 478-256-1166. Particularly if you're in the uh, Macon area. 2910 Napier Avenue, Macon, Georgia. Homeland Village and Cultural Gift Shop. Sun Goddess Sense. Sun Goddess Sense, your one-stop natural shop located 4140 Jonesboro Road, Forest Park, Georgia, inside the International Discount Mall, booth 225. Give my good sister Shelly Amonset a call at 404-434-7963. That's 404-434-7963. And, of course, my good sister, Sister Gabby, the work that she's doing on the island of Haiti is, man, it's a blessing to those children, man, I tell you. So, Sanjay-Haiti, the children, educating them, health care, sustainable agriculture, entrepreneurship, giving them an opportunity and a chance to sustain their lives. Because in Haiti, everything's a mess. Not everything, but damn near everything. Sanjay, S-O-N-J-E dash Haiti, A-Y-I-T-I dot org. Sanjay dash Haiti dot org. And Baba Baruti and Mama Yah, they're, they're dealing with um, our children, of course. Akaban Institute. If you want to make a donation, I'm going to just go right here to PayPal. Go PayPal, Yah. Y A A Baruti B A R U T I at Yahoo. Cash app, dollar sign, Yah, Y A A, the letter M, then Baruti B A R U T I to make a donation. Make it, you make, you know, you let your conscience be your guide. You know, one time donation, never how much, weekly, monthly donations, whatever, how much. It is all necessary. You need it. Also, to the books that Baba Rudy writes, he's a prolific writer. You can get those titles on Occupant um, House. He's writing a book right now. He will be my guest in a few. In fact, he sent me a uh, a text that uh, he's gonna he's gonna be here, but he may have to leave early. So that's unfortunate. But whatever amount of time that we have, Baba Rudy, it's always good. You know it. The Inye, the Inya, the Inya Sasim, the Inya Sasim of Daily Revolutionary Thought. February 14th, war for war, crime for crime, atrocity for atrocity. Jean-Jacques Dessalines of the Haitian Revolution, Jean-Jacques Dessalines. Anyone in the reparations movement who is not talking about blood death blood debts 
is not speaking in the interest of our ancestors. For has so many of our true warrior ancestors unequivocally stated, blood debts must be repaid in blood. This applies to all debts required through bloodshed, whether dated or newly acquired. Balances restored through a return of what was taken, the return of equal value, equal sentiment, equal worth, equal pain, equal loss. Inequality substitutes charitable returns which serve the interests and, pers- and preserve the sanctity of the culprit's ego can never suffice. Without the return of balance through reciprocal equivalent reparations, imbalance prevails, often disguised in a form of a still victimized peace and love. Co-opted reparationist debate simply to keep our focus limited to the lost wages of our enslaved Africans. Educational vouchers in a racist, defunct labor market or control over part of a manufacturing industry without distribution rights. But what is the the face value of 280 million slaughtered Africans? Is there any equivalent material or privilege that can be compensated for genocide? How does one compensate for taking life? Only radical Negroes proclaim that this loss is beyond payment, except through deposits in their consumer accounts. For some crying about rape, for, for some crying about reparations, the demand of blood for blood by our action would end the discussion because it involves doing whatever else does for their wronged ancestors. Affirm, I work for nothing less than an equitable return. Affirm, I work for nothing less except for an equitable return. February 15th, we can run but we can't hide from the relentless pursuit. We must fight. We must find new ways to heighten our defense mechanisms. We must meditate, eat right, physically, mentally, spiritually, and we must draw on the energy of our ancestors, the black dot. What has been called Negroitis and the Vernon Jordan disease is a state of insanity that erases color. This is unintelligible because even cognitively, colorblind individuals take no pleasure in their impairment. They see no great glory in missing or dismissing an enlightening dimension of sight. No doubt some people see colorlessness in humanity because they are truly mentally blind. Having color while trying to be colorless is the most conscious and cowardly act. Great effort is placed on accomplishing, on accomplishing a complete separation of the African from the Africans has the African in chronic denial of his or her revolutionary legacy, chooses to tether to the European way. Such colorlessness individuals are known the world over. In some places on the continent, they are diversely called compatriots. In other words, they simply call what they endeavor to become white or European. Here in this society, we know we know them as Negroes, Negroettes, Negroettes, Oreos, Black Anglo-Saxons, Black White Toms, Uncle Toms, sellouts, and other unmentionables. You know it, we know it. Damn shame. 
affirm I'm an African culturally joined to all Africans who are themselves. Affirm I am an African culturally joined to all Africans who are themselves. To end Yah Sassim of daily revolutionary thought. Yeah. I tell you, I, I love you in this say, sir. I really do. Okay, I'm gonna uh, do something I haven't done in a while. Yeah. Uh, we're gonna listen to, uh, in the second half of the program, Dr. Arkana Chichambori Kwa. And we're gonna listen to the 10 minute presentation that got her. Uh, kicked out <laughs> as the ambassador to the United States from the African Union from those Negroes and another piece that she did a little bit longer on the colonization how it is still affecting us today and uh, I, I wanna, I'm going to go to the Institute of the Black World Brother Ron Daniels in um, April and in Baltimore I, got, I always got a chance to go to Baltimore. Believe me, I will. But what's disturbing me is, is that it's the same agenda they've been having when I went there about 15 years ago, 10 years ago. And, and, and it is still about, well, even though they do have a lot more international information, but who they should have on, their, on that agenda is this sister. Is her and her organization, the African Diaspora. I know. I know. A lot of times we don't speak with one voice. You know. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to give that Krumah piece Memoram Ni, her piece, and a few others, and end with the piece that uh, from the Pan-African Federalist Movement that I got from Mama Nabantu. But here's the brother who wrote the Sovereign Psyche, Brother Ezra Erehol. This is a deep quote. This is a deep quote, family. There is no other historical instance of a formerly enslaved African people who valued integration with their captors to the point where they completely abandoned the superior wealth of their own homeland. There is no other historical instance of a formerly enslaved people who valued integration with their former captors to the point where they were completely abandoned the superior wealth of their own homeland. Man. What a job on us mentally that these son of a bitches have done to us. What a job. You know? Yeah. Yeah, man, what a job. You know, and, and I, you try to articulate it. You try to give some discussion to it. But it's crazy. It, it, it's, it's, actually, it's crazy. Okay, and here's another one I read. 
This is uh, Laura Macaulay's address to the British Parliament, 2nd February of 1835. Macaulay says, I have traveled across the length and breadth of Africa and I have not seen one person who is a beggar, who is a thief. Such wealth I have seen in this, in this country, such high moral values, people of such caliber that I did not think that we could ever conquer this country unless we break the very backbone of its nation, which is her spiritual and cultural heritage. And therefore, I propose that we replace her old and ancient educational system, her culture, I repeat, her culture. For if the Africans think that all that is foreign and English is good and great, then her own, they will lose their self-esteem their native culture and they will become what we want them to be. A truly dominated people. A dominated nation. Right. I hate their ass. <laughs> Kwame Nkrumah said this the night of the Kwame Nkrumah at the, uh, this is the speech of freedom in 1961. They had gained independence in 1957. So in 1961, he said, I believe strongly and sincerely that with deep-rooted wisdom and dignity, the innate respect for human lives, the intense humanity that is our heritage, the African culture united under one federal government, one Africa, one Pan-Africa, the Pan-African Federalist Movement proposes one Africa, Kwame Nkrumah, Patricia Lumumba, Thomas Sankara, Sister Dr. Ekana, uh, uh, Chiambori, Kwa, all of them are saying one Africa under one federal government will emerge not just as another world block to flaunt its wealth and strength, but has a great power whose greatness is indestructible because it is built not on fear, envy, and suspicion, no, nor want at the expense of others, but founded on the hope, trust, and friendship, and direct and dedicated to the good of all mankind. Yeah, he said that. Then he said this. If we do not approach the problems in Africa with a common front and a common purpose, we shall be haggling and wrangling amongst ourselves until we are colonized again and become the trolls of a far greater colonialism than we had suffered heretofore. That's what the sisters say. The Berlin Conference, the colonization of Africa, is still there. To be truly liberated, African people must come to know the nature of the European thought and behavior in order to understand the effect that the European has had on our ability to think. This is their effect that it has on our ability to think victoriously. We must be able to separate our thoughts from the Europeans' thoughts. So to visualize a future that is not dominated by Europeans. This is a demand by an African-centered view because why? We are Africans but also because the future towards which 
European leads us is genocide. Mama Marimba, Rimba Ani. Yeah. Remember, remember, remember. Marimba Ani. I know she should be home very soon from um, Africa. She's been in Ghana for oh, about a month. Maybe, maybe longer. Yeah. Yeah. So um, this is the piece that uh, we've been playing for a number of times. We haven't heard it in a while. But it's what they're calling us to do as African people. They're calling us home. They're calling us to come. We need each other. It's where we need to be. talk of late on the African continent about the fact that Africans are awakening. There is a lot of talk about the fact that we are woke. But the question that I'd like to ask you is, almost a hundred years ago, a man called Marcus Garvey rose and told Africans that they must unite. Unite in their control of resources. Unite as nations. Unite their imaginations, their dreams, aspirations, and capabilities to grow in Africa and a race that will be able to self-determine and compete against other races. A man called Kwame Nkrumah came and said the same message. And another by the name of Malcolm X said the same. But the question is, After almost a century since the rise of Marcus Garvey, has Africa achieved unity? Do we control our resources? Do we unite in our aspirations, dreams? And have we elevated Africa into a continent and a race that can compete and self-determine against other races? The truth of the matter is we have failed. We have failed because we have remained divided. We've continued to work as 54 different states that continue to be subjugated. This is why the French continue to have 14 colonies on the African continent. It is why 36 African countries have got American bases in AFRICOM on their soil. It is why Many African countries continue to sell their resources, their institutions for debt to countries like China. And the question that I'm now challenging you, the woke generation with, is what are we going to do about it? The reason we've got wars on the African continent is because we're being divided for conquest. The reason we've got sanctions on the African continent is that all the independent knowledge and education, the power to take control of our resources, can be destroyed so that Africa can continue to be colonized by our West. Colonizers. This is why now we need to rise. Remember, the 
that you, the African-American, with all your paper money, the greatest wealth among all black nations, only have paper money. But the true wealth is in Africa. The true wealth is the reason why Africa is under sanctions and war. The one that Europeans want to keep for themselves. You need to bring your paper money, your skill, your knowledge, your frustration back to Africa to invest it in the control of real wealth and real resources in the form of the oil, the diamonds, coal, lithium, cassiterite, and all the other resources that the Western worlds are fighting to control in Africa. Your paper money can be leveraged into machines, skills, technology, and the knowledge that Africa needs in order to move and prosper. You, the Caribbean, with your skill, power, determination, you, the Jamaican, the first people to resist European colonialism, you, the Haitian, the very first black peoples to defeat a European army. You are the answer to Africa's problems. You, the European African, with all that you've learned and earned, the basketball player, the soccer player, the sportsman, the singer, the musician, the actor, with all your billions of dollars, are the investment that Africa needs to stop its dependency on the colonizer. It's about time that we rose. And I'm saying that Marcus Garvey's dream can be fulfilled because when he dreamt it, not a single country, not a single African country was independent. When he dreamt it, not many black billionaires existed, if any. But today we've got black billionaires. Today, the richest man in Africa is a black man. We have what it takes and the capacity that it takes to grow our continent into being a continent that can be respected, can self-determine, control its resources, control the processing of those resources and create currencies based on those resources to be the leading economy in the world. With that, we can industrialize grow up the technology curve and begin to create the machinery, the tools to defend the sovereignty of this continent. And now I say it's time that we unite. We have countries like Zimbabwe under U.S. war sanctions to make it unattractive for any African to come because Europeans are preserving it for themselves. But I'm inviting you my African-American brother, you Africans in the diaspora, you Africans on the continent to say, come and take advantage of the greatest reserves of lithium, chrome, gold, true wealth, land, an opportunity to develop infrastructure for us to create wealth as a people, for yourselves, for the advancement of Africa. The time to awake is now, but awakening takes action, pride, investment, development, innovation to give our people power.
This is the time. Yes, it is the time. It, it's been time, as you know. But there's no time like the present. It's now. Yeah, we was talking about it was yesterday, but we didn't move. But now we must. You know, because I don't really have a quote of my own, but I came up with this back in about 20-some years ago that we must learn from our history so we can understand the present and then prepare for our future. Our problem is, you know, our history. In fact, I talked to Brother Pata Akinyele, who's an educator in, in Newark, New Jersey, and the leader of ASCAC Atlantic you know, region and get him on the program because he wrote an article about the, the attack on African history, American African history by these Europeans and denying, this, that was the program we talked about last week, the denial of our history. He wanted to relegate it, he wanted to, you know, to dictate. Now, like I said then, and I'll say it again, parts of it, if you bring out a curriculum, you got some stuff talking about, you know, LGBTQRFTUZ and all that kind of book. I, I don't want that either. I did it on something else. I want us to talk about our history, what they have done, and what they're continuing to do, and what we have done for ourselves, and what we have done in compliance and capitulation to them. It must be told, must be discussed. It must be understood so we don't make the same mistakes. That's the beauty of history, hopefully, that you learn from it and you don't make the same mistakes. Uh, Take a break. When we come back from the break, we're going to listen to um, Dr. Arcana Shiambori Kwa. She's dynamic. She's, to me, she's the voice. She has courage. You know, even though they kicked her out as the ambassador to the U.S. from the African Union because of their weak ass, but she is still on the case and she will be on the case. So we're going to give a listen to her, what she had to say, uh, particularly uh, when she was talking about the things that she talks about that got her kicked out. And of course, the continuation to make us understand that the Berlin Conference of 1884-85, which is the carving up of Africa and how European countries, European countries are rich. Europe has no resources, but they are rich. <laughs> yeah. So we'll we'll go into that. But um, also too, family, I know I didn't get a good um, um my, one of my pieces, the Scotty Reed uh, ending of the, of the uh, on, on Zara Radio is not happening. So I got to figure that out. I got to talk to Brother Kwaku because that ain't happening. But we got some music, you know. So we'll play that and then we'll get off into that. And so we'll leave enough time for some questions and some, give y'all, uh, you know, y'all can give me some answers. I rely on y'all to give me answers. Please. <laughs> I need help, (laughs) y'all. Brothers and sisters, you're listening to African Perspectives here on the Motherland Media Network on TimeForAwakening.com and BlackTalkRadioNetwork.com. Give a listen. We'll be right back. You are listening to African Perspectives with host Brother Oshie. 
on Time for an Awakening Media, part of the Black Talk Radio Network. For podcasting or live program scheduling, hit them up at timeforanawakening at gmail.com. I woke this morning, that's what I was thinking 
Once again, you're listening to African Perspectives here on the Motherland Media Network on timeforanawakening.com and blacktalkradionetwork.com. Gary Taylor, my blackness. Of course, Gary Taylor is the opening number that we play. And um, Queenie Fama turned me on to Gary Taylor, along with Sister Chablis. Yeah, Queenie Fama. That's, that's a dear ancestor, good friend. We're going to I'm going to play this uh, piece for uh, <clears throat> Dr. Arcana Jimbori Kwa. This is the piece that really kind of they uh, she gave this presentation. It's about 10 minutes. The other one is 30 uh, that she gave. Um, they got her kicked out of the <laughs> ambassadorship from the African Union. And so this piece, uh, she talks about uh, when she well, always talks about how things are status quo are maintained. So check it out. Welcome to the African Leadership Series, where we bring you great inspirational speeches from African leaders. Good evening, African diaspora. The more I begin to understand not only our Africa. But the more I begin to understand us as black people, why is it that we are the most disrespected people on earth, no matter where you find us on this globe? They often wondered why these black people are so smart and so indestructible. Maybe it's because of that third eye. No, it is the melanin. That's what makes us special. That's what makes us the origin of humanity, which is our mother. Our motherland, Africa. The continent with everything and anything the world needs. The continent that everybody is going to for their needs. But the continent that we, the children of Africa, are busy running away from. That keeps me up every night. The more I try to dig deeper in understanding as to why Africa is where Africa is today, I couldn't help but find myself repeatedly going back to the beginning to say, how did we end up where we are as Africans? How did we get here? Not only as black people, but as Africans. 
The colonizers started coming to Africa, starting with the Portuguese, followed with slavery. But by 1884, after they had been haphazardly going into our continent, looting from the Africans, pretty soon they started looting from each other the loot that they had looted from the Africans. <laughs> and before you know it, they were killing each other. And they were getting ready to have a war, a European war on the African soil. So Bismarck, the Chancellor of Germany at that time, called his sidekick Leopold, King Leopold of Belgium. Said, listen, we got a problem. We're getting ready to kill each other and have a European war in Africa. Why don't we call all the colonizers that was France, Germany, Italy, Spain, Portugal, Belgium, and of course, the mighty Britain. Let's all meet in Berlin, Germany, and strategize on how we can organize ourselves so we can effectively see to it that Africa and her children are forever defeated and dominated. They proceeded to chop up our Africa into tiny little countries that we know of today. Economies that are designed to see to it that they will never make it on their own. And in the event those small economies do make it, they're easy to destabilize. Who, in their right mind, puts a country together like Gambia, Burundi, Togo, Djibouti, Lesotho, Swaziland, and many, if not all, African countries. Each one of them was given the same sovereignty as China, as India. If this world was to be a boxing game, you see, in boxing, they understand that heavyweights belong in the heavyweight boxing ring. Middleweights in the middleweights. Lightweights and wannabes in their rings. Wannabes are way out there. You don't take a wannabe boxer and throw them in the same ring with the heavyweight. But what's being done to our Africa, let's start negotiating. It's country against country. Countries, please stand up. Little Gambia stands up. And Gambia is supposed to negotiate with China. Lesotho is supposed to negotiate with India. Swaziland must jump in with the United States. Djibouti, you must go in. You see, the Europeans realize as individual European countries, they can make it. So they come together as the European Union. So they negotiate as a bloc. So yeah, Djibouti, you go in with EU. 
And when the African countries lose, the world stands back and says, oh, what's wrong with you, African countries? Why aren't you able to, uh, to manage your, your people? How can that be? Where is the parity? African countries are wannabe boxers who are constantly being thrown into the heavyweight boxing ring and we are getting our rear ends kicked day in and day out. Fast forward 2019, nothing has changed. The strategy that was put in place to see to it that Africa and her children are forever defeated and dominated remains alive and well. And yet in our minds we tend to think Berlin Conference is a thing of the past when my brothers and sisters Berlin Conference is alive and well. And allow me to take it home for you. Have you ever wondered why intra-Africa trade is sitting at 18%? I'll tell you why. With 43 different currencies on the continent. It's difficult to trade with each other because of the currencies. It's easier for us to exchange with the US dollar, with the euro, than with each other. Why is that, Berlin Conference? It's easier for Mozambique to send Mozambican oil outside Mozambique to Europe and everywhere else, just so Zimbabwe needs dough can buy it from across the oceans. It's easier for a company that's manufacturing the best ceramic tiles in Africa, in Egypt, that company sends its tiles to Italy, only for the Africans to turn around and buy the same tiles, 20, 30 times the cost. Why is it that we are not trading with each other is because starting in South Africa, there's a road that goes up until maybe two, three kilometers from the border with Botswana. And that same road picks up two, three kilometers into Botswana. And if only we could connect the two, but Berlin Conference said, no, you're different. You're another country. You can't look at it this way. If we were to connect all the existing power lines in Africa today, we would provide electricity to 30 million more people. And in the process, we would save $20 billion. But the reason we can't connect the power lines, thanks to Berlin Conference. We're different countries. We can cross that border. Why are our children crossing the Mediterranean in search of nothing? It's because little Gambia can only create so many jobs. And a young man in Gambia, Gambia which is surrounded by Senegal, cannot go to Senegal 
and look for a job. Thanks to the Berlin Conference. Question then becomes, if you look at all the issues we are dealing with today in Africa, one by one, every one of them relates back to the Berlin Conference and our inability to work together as one continent, one Africa, speaking with one voice. Thanks to Berlin Conference. If you like further ado, I'd like to welcome a person that I have felt uh, deeply fortunate to know. And I, I've actually told her this. When I first saw her speak, I said, I've been waiting for you since Sekuturi passed away. And she has not only stepped into those giants of Kwame Nkrumah, Sekuturi, and others of the, of the independence movement, she has actually filled them so much so that we have to bring new shoes uh, for the kind of uh, presence that, uh, that she has. Uh, I'd like to welcome Her Excellency Ambassador Shihombori uh, Kao. As a Francophone, I have to be very careful how to pronounce that. <laughs> Ambassador. Good afternoon, everyone. Welcome to your home the great Africa House right here in Georgetown, Washington, D.C. To the presidents who are sitting at the podium, I want to take a moment to thank you for taking your time in your busy schedules to come and join us on this momentum occasion. To my uh, sisters, chairman of president of NAFIO, thank you again. This was last minute, but you uh, had the call and you answered and you jumped up and uh, you are here today. Um, to my sister, Ms. Jensen, to my brother, Kojo Yanka, some of you, I need you to, I have to give a shout out, She's, he's writing a book titled, From Jamestown to Jamestown, I can't wait, it's going to be a thriller. To all my other diaspora sisters, members of Padia, members of Padua, um, we truly are grateful for you taking the time to come here today. Roland Martin back there, this is my first time to see you in person. A lot of people don't look the same on television as they are in person. I have to say, you look exactly like what I had expected you to look like. Thank you for taking the time to come here. Distinguished guests, ladies and gentlemen, it is indeed an honor to stand in front of you this afternoon to celebrate this momentous occasion. And of course, I always forget my husband, Saab Kao. He's sitting somewhere back there. Saab, raise your hand. Everybody's looking. <laughs> A friend of mine reminded me, because I always call him, uh, he's an old shoe that is very comfortable to wear. And so a friend of mine called this morning and said, so how is the old comfortable shoe? And I said, still very comfortable. <laughs> thank you all again. And my sister Remy, chairman of Padua, thank you again for also always being there, ready to step up and do your part as we come together to uplift our motherland. I took office two and a half years ago. As a dumb, ignorant family physician coming from Memphisboro, Tennessee, I had no idea what I was going to be doing in Washington. As a matter of fact, I thought I actually felt kind of funny and silly, thinking me, a medical doctor, can be a diplomat. Uh, but be it as it may, 
singularly the one thing I came here by the way with no plans of staying I was coming here top six months after six months look at my husband honey I tried it didn't work out look at the chairman of the African Union who had appointed me thank you Madam Zuma it was great but I could not do it but fifth month into uh, into this position one issue that kept coming to me and became very apparent was the disrespect for the African. I knew it existed. I just didn't understand the depth and the profoundness of it. And not only that, as I began to understand it even deeper, I began to also understand its economic implications when it comes to how we are perceived on the world stage, how this simple fact of simply disrespecting the African had serious implications and is at the root cause of why Africa is not able to move forward. And as I went and tried to understand and dig further to say, what is it about us as black people around the globe? Why is it that we are so disrespected no matter where you go? And I often say, was there a memo sent out to say wherever you go, if you are not a black person, you see a black person, you're automatically superior to them and you have a right to disrespect them. This memo did not miss anybody. It went to non-black people, but here's the real sugar. It also went to us black people to say, accept that you are inferior. You automatically take an inferior position. And I'm going to have to tell you something that has become a realization that I just, and this is where I am stuck as I try to understand how did this message just go through and percolated so through. Now we are on automatic pilot. It's almost as if we've undergone a genetic mutation. We don't even have to be told. We pass it on to our children. Have you ever wondered, of all the colors on earth, why were two colors chosen? Black color and white color. Follow me on this one. You take a white color, you associate it with Jesus Christ. You associate it with the angels. You associate it with purity and everything wonderful and everything desirable. And then you take a race that's not even white and you say you are white. And then you take another color. You associate it with the devil. You associate it with everything undesirable. I've never seen a bank robber wearing a white mask. All the villains on movies are black. Everything undesirable is black. And then you take another race that are not even black and say, you guys, you are black. Now go at it. As we black mothers are trying to raise our children in our own homes, as much as we try to tell them that you're black and you're beautiful, guess what? The minute they step outside the door, the messages are completely different. A barrage of subliminal messages telling our children that that which you represent is horrible. How do we fight against that? How do I tell my granddaughter that you're black and beautiful, but the world tells her otherwise? The voices echoing her blackness as a symbol of everything undesirable are much, much louder than even we black mothers, we come together, we can never drown those subliminal messages. They were all by design. Let me take you to the beginning. Certainly for Africa, your Africa, 
your continent. Because as we gather here today, as we try to strategize, as we try to create those linkages between those Africans away from the continent and the Africans on the continent, we must understand how did we get here. And for Africa, it starts with that monumental decision when they, the colonizers, came together in Berlin in 1884. And let me say, prior to 1884, they were coming to Africa in a haphazard way. They had started with slavery. And then when they felt like they needed the slaves to stay on the continent, they say, oh, we, we no longer believe in slave trade. Let's stop it. No, no, no. It was really just another way of saying the labor is needed on the continent. Let's keep the monkeys on the continent so we can continue to exploit them. So 1884, they met in Berlin to organize themselves so they can effectively loot from the monkeys. They did not meet in Berlin to see to it that Africa would prosper. No. Let me repeat. The colonizers met in order to see to it that your Africa, our Africa, and her children, not only on the continent, are forever defeated and dominated. That was 135 years ago. The manner in which they did it, they took out the map of Africa while the Africans were sleeping, minding their own business started to chop up your continent into the tiny little countries that we see today. The bigger and more powerful a kingdom was, the more countries that came out of it. Not only more countries, but these countries were given to different colonizers who spoke different languages. Let me bring it home for a second. Pretend you're driving from Zambia, just speaking English. Pretty soon you are in Angola, just speaking Portuguese. Then DRC, French, Equatorial Guinea, Spanish, Southern Cameroon, French, Northern Cameroon, no, Southern Cameroon, English, Northern Cameroon, French, you are now in Nigeria, English, hello. These were the same people. Prior to 1884, we were powerful, amazing kingdoms with well-established educational and religious systems. If the truth be told, we had the civilization. We were the civilized. They were the devils, the uncivilized ones. They set out to take everything that symbolized civilization in Africa. To this day, they are still refusing to give up those relics. If those relics were not that good, why are you keeping them? We were way ahead of them in our civilization. They set out to destroy us. And Berlin Conference put the nail on that coffin. So they gave Djibouti the same sovereignty as the United States. They gave Burundi the same sovereignty as China. They gave Togo. You see, the EU realizes individual little countries, they can survive on the world stage. So they come together as the European Union. Now picture this now. So they cut up this Africa into the tiny little countries, small economies that could never survive on their own, but 
gave them the same, same sovereignty as the big boys. So that way, when the little bitty countries go to the world stage for the purposes of development and discussing trade, they're wannabe boxers who are being thrown into the heavyweight boxing ring every day. How do you put China in the same boxing ring with Iswatini? Iswatini has 1.2 million people. China has 1.4 billion people. And you put them on the same stage and say, go at it, negotiate. Are you with me? Yes. This is insanity of the highest order. How have we allowed this carnage to go on? When Iswatini is thrown in the same boxing ring with China and Iswatini is collapses before Iswatini even gets on the stage, the world says, well, Iswatini, what's wrong with you? Why can't you take care of your people? Well, China came in and said, Iswatini, give me all your gold or else. And if Swatini does not agree, they just go on next door to Lesotho and give Lesotho an extra dollar. And if Lesotho doesn't take it, they just jump on to Togo, Central African Republic. It was all by design. 1884. They did something else in addition to chopping us up. They also set out to make the African believe that everything African was bad and undesirable and everything Western, particularly French and British, was more desirable. We call that the legacy of colonization. Prior to that, they started long working on the slaves. Make them think everything about them, forget anything about Africa. Where you come from is a horrible place, diseased and dying people, constantly at war with themselves, uncivilized. Cut out any communications with them. You need to just know what we tell you. And we call that the legacy of slavery. So that's where you look at where we are today. 135 years later, a system that was put in place to see to it that Africa and her children are forever defeated, that Africa is forever exploited, remains in place today, alive and well. And we sit here and we ask yourselves, why isn't Africa moving forward? Why does Africa continue to be taken advantage of? Well, I'll tell you why, very simply. Until Africa comes together as a continent speaking with one voice, one continent, one people, nothing, and I repeat, nothing is going to change. As individual little African countries, we are wannabe boxers. We will never make it fighting against the heavyweights. We must speak with one voice. Yeah. And this is exactly... exactly what our Pan-African leaders wanted to see happen in 1963 when they came together in Addis Ababa, Ethiopia. They clearly stated that Africa for the Africans at home and abroad and that African Union was now. They said Africa
Africa must speak with one voice. It is the only way for Africa to take its rightful place on the world stage. Sadly, when they went to Addis Ababa in 1963, they were divided. We had two factions, the Casablanca group and the Monrovia group. The Casablanca group were saying Africa for the Africans at home and abroad and African Union now. This was Ghana, Guinea, Mali, Egypt, Morocco, Algeria, and Tunisia. Only seven. The other 25 of the 32 who attended were the Monrovia group. They were the nationalists. They said, let's go slow. Let's kind of wait on this Pan-African thing. 55 years later, 56 this year, we're still going slow. As if it wasn't bad enough that we were divided up into the tiny little countries that we are today. The gift that Berlin Conference gave us. One other thing that France did between 1958 and 1961, in the name of giving us our independence as African countries. France forced the Francophone, and I hate that terminology. There is no such thing as Francophone, Anglophone. They made it up. But for the purposes of communication, I will use that. 14 of those countries, they said, in order for you to get your independence from us, you must sign this document. You thought they could have found a better name for the document. The document was called the Pact for the Continuation. I repeat, the Pact for the Continuation of Colonization. We are talking about giving you independence, but sign this Pact for the Continuation of Colonization in a different format. And I'm going to highlight some of those issues that they said you must agree to if you are going to be independent. Hello. Maybe we need to redefine the meaning of independence for the French. First, France said, you see, you monkeys, you don't know how to manage your money. We're going to demand that you deposit 85% of your bank reserves with the French Minister of Finance. Under, rather, under the French Central Bank, under the control of the French Minister of Finance. France is then going to take your 85% bank deposits from each and every one of you. Deposit those funds in the French stock market under the French name. And you may or may not know the returns. Today, as we speak, the latest figures are saying for every 14 billion that France invests in the stock market from Africa, they are, they are realizing upwards of 300 billion in return. Every year, year in, year out, because of these deposits from the African countries, France is taking out of Africa over $500 billion. Now figure it out. For every 14 billion, the returns on the investment are over 300 billion, and they are taking over 500 billion. So in actuality, France is taking out of Africa trillions of dollars year in and year out from us poor people, Africans. Back to the pact. So 
So should you want to access some of your money that you have deposited with France, you have to submit your country's financial returns. And if approved, you get to get it as a loan. You can only access up to 20% of your money year in, year out as a loan at commercial interest rates. Your own money. As if that was not enough. They said all your minerals discovered, yet to be discovered, all your oil discovered, yet to be discovered, France and French companies have the first right of refusal. If there's anything left over that the French companies do not want, your people might have. To this day. They said you will only use the currency that we created for you because you're special Africans. We call it the Sefa. There was the Central African Sefa and the Western African Sefa, same animal. And that France is the only one that can print it for you. 1958, fast forward, they're still printing it for us. And if you start misbehaving, they just stop printing your money. And your country's in trouble. They also said your language of instruction shall be French, whether you like it or not. That France will have military presence in your country. That your military can only be trained by France. That you can only buy military equipment from France. That you cannot have any military alliance with your neighbor. And that in the event of war, your allegiance is only to France. And furthermore, because they have military presence in your country, they can invade you without notice should they feel that the interests of France in your country are being violated. Fast forward, 2019, nothing has changed. The same people who have the audacity to tell us that we are poor countries, they are taking trillions out of Africa every year. And what is the African doing? Like an obedient, programmed black man, we just give in. We know the facts, but we just do nothing about it. Now, you have to say some of the fears are real because the France that has sold you inferior equipment to theirs, France that has trained your military to be inferior to their, to their military, they are now in your country. They can invade you. They have the permission to do so. They can destabilize you. And then one might say, why is it that African leaders haven't done anything about this deplorable situation? Well, let me tell you, my brother and sister, they have tried. Documented to this day, 22 coups where leaders were assassinated. France had something to do with it. The first seven... When they decided they were pulling out of the CFA and that they're going to print their own money, they were assassinated. Every time an African leader has tried to do what's best for their country, they were assassinated. Majority of them aided by France. It's a known fact. 
And then others, they were just mercenaries who felt that when there was a, a natural resource discovered in one country, they wanted to create a coup. So while the country is thrown into a civil war, they're siphoning the natural resource. We know of one particular story that had we not known about it, it would have been, oh, there we go again, the Africans, in uh, about 25 years ago. A group of young, rich, white kids were having fun in Cape Town. They found out that there was oil in Equatorial Guinea that just been discovered, and they wanted it. So they set out a plan to have a coup in Equatorial Guinea. So while the Guineans are busy fighting a civil war, they will be suffering the oil. But they made one mistake. There were two planes. One was to leave South Africa, stop in Zimbabwe, pick up more ammunition on their way to hunt in Equatorial Guinea. Another plane was taking off in the Caribbean that had this puppet diaspora who was supposed to be the next president. Mugabe wondered why such young people needed such powerful ammunition to go hunt in Equatorial Guinea. In doing his research further, he found out that this was a coup in the making. He allowed them to land in Zimbabwe. They loaded their plane, and just before takeoff, they were all arrested. The ringleader of that group was none other than the son of the former Prime Minister of the United Kingdom, Margaret Thatcher. She had to fly to Zimbabwe and paid handsomely to get her son out. The last one of those prisoners left Zimbabwe about six, seven years ago. Had these young people succeeded, it would have been another coup. There you go, the Africans again. Such, my brothers and sisters, is the story of your Africa. They don't do coups anymore. They simply create instability. So when you hear of an instability in an African country, ask yourself, what is really going on? Because what they are telling you is really going on is just a shiny object. The real issue is over here. And you need to stop before you start being used as an instrument of your own self-destruction. They want to throw to you, our African leaders are corrupt. I just love that buzzword. Remember what I said, we need to re, we need, we need, we need to define some of these words for them. Do you really want to know what corruption is? I like to think as black women, and we're going to talk about us black women here, we're smart people. There are two thieves. One is carrying a briefcase with $50 billion, which is what they say, oh, gets out of Africa every year for corruption. And by the way, they only tell you the $50 billion gets out of Africa. They don't tell you where it's going. You see, corruption is a team sport. We want all players. We want all players to come to the table. Okay, fine, we give it to you. 50 billion is going out of Africa. And then there's another thief over here with a briefcase with 500 billion sisters. Which one should we go after first? They want us to spend time. I am not saying we should not talk about corruption out of Africa. Don't get me wrong. Yes, we must talk about the thief carrying the 50 billion dollars, but we must also not forget the thief that is carrying 500 billion. And by the time that thief is done investing that 500 billion, we're looking at trillions out of Africa. Now, do you see how quickly the 50 billion becomes the larger crumb under the table? 
left and they're busy pointing at you. Or you see your brother, he got the bigger crumb under the table. I'm like, hell no. I want to be on the table. Don't get me stuck in the mud under the table when the real issues are on the table. We are not even on the table, my brothers and sisters, to tackle the issues that truly matter for our Africa. We must realize that. Let's refuse to fight over which brother got the bigger chunk under the table. We want to get on the table. And the only way for us to get on the table is to understand our circumstances, is to understand how we got here, to see our Africa with 2020 vision. So we, the beautiful, intelligent, sophisticated, highly adaptable, and totally indestructible Africans can do what we need to do to move our Africa from the doldrums where we were left by the Berlin Conference, from the losing lane that we were left in by the Berlin Conference into the right lane where we can truly look at our issues and address them as Africans for Africa. So all is not lost, my brothers and sisters. The wishes of our Pan-African fathers from 1963, May last year, rather March last year, the African leaders got together and signed a decision that is now putting us on the path to finish the unfinished business of the Berlin Conference. They signed what we are now calling the African Continental Free Trade Area, where Africa is now going to negotiate as a block, as one continent, one Africa, one heart, one soul, one mind. African heads of state signed that agreement. We only needed 22 to ratify. Exactly 13 months later, this is something that the colonizers were laughing at us. You Africans, you'll never put this through. This CFTA thing, you'll never get the ratifications. Years down the line, it's never going to happen. It's going to be a piece of paper in a drawer somewhere. Because the reality is, ratifications, my brothers and sisters, do take a long time. They take years. But guess what? Thirteen months. This year, the 22nd ratification was deposited to the African Union. We're now sitting on 23 and more are coming. Because you know what? The sleeping giant is rising. The sleeping giant has found her teeth and used recognize. Let me underscore. The sleeping giant has found her teeth. Her teeth. The game is over. When I speak to businesses in this country. My mandate is to see to it that Africa and the United States are the best partners the world has ever seen. America, the United States, 
And the Americas is the only region that has a heritage connection to Africa. And it is for that reason in particular that I'm on a mission to see to it that the marriage between Africa and the United States is the best marriage the world has ever seen. It is a marriage that's going to give birth not only to many children, but many beautiful children. I'm a woman on a mission. And that's why... That is why it is important that we begin to understand each other. That the misconceptions, the misunderstandings, the Africans don't understand the Americans, and the Americans don't understand the Africans. Our Caucasian brothers and sisters come to the negotiating table on a high horse. To them I say, get off your high horse. And we come to the negotiating table feeling automatically inferior. I also say to all of us, you are just as good as anybody else. Get off that underground. You need to rise up somewhere in the middle. We must rise up, they must come down. And somewhere in the middle is where we are going to have the truly desired, meaningful conversations that are going to take us where we need, we need to be. And this is why we are here today. Thank you. My son Kwame, I thank you for all the wonderful creating that bridge that's going to get us to the table with a clear mind, clear vision, understanding that when we understand each other, it is then and only then can the children of Africa take their beloved continent to its rightful place on the world stage. The place that we have vacated for far too long, but we are now saying enough is enough. We, the children of Africa, as a united friend, we are going to come, join our hands and sing the best melody the world has ever heard as we waltz our way to our mother land, not as 55 African countries, not as 1.27 billion brothers and sisters on the continent, not as over 400 million African diaspora around the globe, but children of one mother Africa. Let's give the world the, the best melody the world has ever heard. You see, birds sing not because they can. They sing because they have a song. As children of one mother Africa, we do have a song. Let's join hands. Let's give that world that beautiful song as we waltz our way across, across the Atlantic back to the motherland. I thank you. I say, I say, family. Yeah, Doctor Arcana Chichambori Kwa. She's uh, out of Zimbabwe. She's out of Zimbabwe, and uh, she's been here for many years. She was the ambassador here from the AU until the, the uh, presentation she made, the one I played before that one, she was kicked out. Uh, Want to join this conversation? Uh, anything else that you would like to talk about? What's on your mind? Give us a call at 215-490-9832, 215-490-9832. Number of you in the queue and you know what to do. Hit star twice and so we can have some dialogue, family. Hit star twice, we can have some dialogue. Yeah. Uh, <clears throat> you know, it has become very clear to me for quite some time that this is the direction that we go. Of course, you know this program's um, motto is Pan-Africanism or 
perish, unify or die. We deal with the areas of independence, self-determination, liberation and sovereignty for African people. For far too long, far too long. And, and, and I don't know about y'all, but for me, when I hear these things and see the things and read what I have read over time, I'm focused, but you can't help but sometimes to be angry, to be mad at what has happened to us and what people have done to us. You can't help but that, you know? Then you have a number of bold Caucasians because they have done it openly. But they also have done it clandestinely. You know? Very covertly. And, and But for us, the bottom line is that we, we recognize who they are and what they've done. But what's most important to us is that we come together Four four three four four three. Good afternoon, brother Oji. Thanks for taking my call. This hey. is brother Lewis. Hey, what's up? What's up, Irv? How you doing, dear brother? Man, I'm, I'm good, big brother. I'm preparing to go to go to Africa here. Yes, you uh, are. Yes, you are. Yeah, <laughs> Senegal and Gambia. And I man. I'm excited. I'm I'm super excited as it gets closer. Not knowing what to expect and never uh, going to Africa. I've, I've been to. To Europe. I've been to England. I lived in England. I've mm-hmm. I've been to Italy for three months, uh, but I've never been to Africa, and I am just so excited. But listening to this sister that you just put on here, brother Osha, you stay. You're not new to this. You're, you're true to it. You stay on point. You stay in the lane uh, that you are chosen to be in, and and I'm I'm serious about that because when this sister was talking, it was so simplistic what she was saying, mm-hmm. but yet. Urugu is so complicated in the way he comes uh, for these uh, for Africa. He he comes through so many different ways. He, he blatantly just takes their stuff, and then he he, he, he compromises his people, and he makes them mm-hmm. do his dirty work. Yeah. And and she was saying that they print. I went to I went to Jamaica on a cruise, and I got off, and I went to Bob Molly's house, and I saw. They gave me the money that they have there, and the mm-hmm. queen was on the money. Right. And I asked the guy that was driving, I said, you guys are independent? Yeah, we're independent here. It's an independent country. And I said, well, why is this white lady on your money? Mm-hmm. And he got upset. He got really, his, everything changed at that point. He got, he, he, was, he was emotionally attached to that white lady on that money, yeah. and he could not understand. He couldn't understand where I was coming from. What what kind of black person are you not to love the queen? Mm-hmm. She's on the money. And, and that's what they do in this country. Yeah. The imagery, the imagery that they that they they feed us uh, nonstop. I'm, I don't even look at this. I don't even look at television. But the imagery is just one right. after another, one right. after another. And then eventually, I guess it does something to you when you when you don't have a consciousness. And, and, and that is so important. Uh that is that is so important in our lives, especially in our children's lives. All this lady was talking about was history. She said, "How did we get to this point?" She didn't say where we're going to be tomorrow. She already knows where she wants to be, but she wants you to understand how did we get so messed up? Mm-hmm. How can somebody right. take your stuff and then sell it back to you? Like John Henry Clark said, 
this religion was our religion, and they took it from us, they modified it, and then sold it back to us. And we have people who die believing that all the things in their religion and have little or no spirituality. None. Because they're singing songs, they're going through the rituals, but they really aren't, um, they aren't connecting to anything but what these white people give them to connect to, connect to which is a white Jesus. Mm-hmm. And that's what it all boils down to. It's, it's a God is white, because the right. Pope knows God is white, because the Pope was the one who authorized the slavery in the first place. The Pope ran the world at one point. He, the Pope ran the world. Mm-hmm. And so whatever the Pope said was what they did. So slavery falls all on him. The blood is on his hands, and he and he knows that these people know that. So no, the history is what they want to stop, Oshi, and that's why they have bills about the history. And right. they're going to come with a bill next week, probably that blacks can't <laughs> teach no black to read no more. You know how that goes. Yeah, <laughs> it's teach them how to read. So you yeah. know this is where we're we're going backwards, but yet well, we're not going backwards because right. we, if you look at it, the more they change, the more they stay the same. White people will completely always show their colors. If you put them in a place uh, where they where they feel uncomfortable, that, that N-word will come out their mouth. Yeah. Because I'm reading a book called The Sanctuary about, about lynchings. Right. And they were lynching, they were murdering black people for little or nothing uh, because he looked at a white person, because a white woman screamed. And most of the time, the, the, stupid, the, the stupid part about the, the murders, that they got it wrong. They killed the wrong person. And they would burn them and cut off their penis. So mm-hmm. this is where white people are, and that's sure. where they are now. Everything sure. is sexualized. Even that sure. I watched the Super Bowl halftime show, sexualized, the gyrating. Mm-hmm. You know, this girl is pregnant, you know, and and she and little do people realize everything she's everything she had on is for sale online. All those white outfits yeah. they had yeah. is for sale online. She was she was on a stage in the yeah, air a big because they didn't want her to mess the feel up. That's what that was about. So why is she in the air? Because they, they noticed they noticed that when they do the show, the people mess the field up. So the field was already messed exactly. up because they painted it. Exactly. <laughs> it was slippery. So, hey. But, but I mean, but, you know, but, the, the thing is, everything is, of course, is choreographed. It is contrived. It is rehearsed. It is there. <laughs> and the whole bottom line, the bottom line to all of the shit that happens to us here is to maintain and sustain the privilege mm-hmm. that Europeans mm-hmm. have created for themselves. You know, Correct. we're going to throw Correct. you some crumbs. We throw you a little bit here and there for the, especially to the Negroes who help uh, uh, create that buffer between us, white, good white folks and, uh, and, and that bad, ugly element that's out there, you know? Mm-hmm. So, yeah. No, no, did you see what, really quickly, Oji, because I know you got other callers. You, you, the, the, the guy in Michigan that killed the people, they quickly put his picture on there because he was black. Right. So they had to quickly put that on. But then also, you notice at the Super Bowl, you always see these brothers, the black quarterback, black this, black that. And as soon as they give out the big trophy for all the hits that were taken, all the pass that were thrown, here comes some white folks mm. out of the out of the skybox that you don't know from a can of paint that could walk down the street right past you worth billions. Right. Well, that and was the white folks. Yeah, that Come was now. Yeah, the, yeah, that was the Hunt family. They own the trophy. Yeah, yeah. We, we 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 white folks. We 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 the great. I, I, wait a minute, you ain't yeah. caught one pass. You ain't played. All you did was write checks, and we cash checks. Yeah, we have to get out of the mindset of why are you going to Disney World? Why are you going there? Nothing there but a bunch of homosexuals anyway. So what are you going there for? 
Yeah. I'm going to Disney World. For what? Yeah. For what? Well, that, that's, what that's, the, that, that's been the long agreement since uh, oh, Phil's, no. since Phil Sims. I think Phil Sims was the first quarterback when he beat uh, Denver. And was that mm-hmm. the 80-something? And he was, he was the first one because, you know, right after the game was over, it's a big promo, big promo, billions of dollars. Oh, you know how that thing goes. It's Disney, the imagery. Disney. You know? Come on. They make the movies. Exactly. But what they shouldn't say is I'm going to get together with some other black guys and we're going to start our own league. Huh? <laughs> say it and watch what yeah. happens. Man. So, or the children should be saying, yeah. it. "We're going to start our own league. That, we're going to we're going to do we're going to imitate we're going to emulate this right here. We're going to du- duplicate this what you've you just know, done over the years, and we're going to have our own league. And or I'm not going to buy my mother a house. I'm going to get my mother a business. You know, I'm going to buy my mother a corporation. That, that's what anger that much me. Money. That's what angered me uh, many years ago when uh, the NBA, the owners of the NBA, the sky. The, the salaries were were escalating to such degree that they said, "Hey, man, we got to save ourselves from ourselves," and they locked the players out. The players did not strike; yep. they locked them out. That's correct. So instead they of the players, so instead of players, say, oh, you gonna lock us out? F you! We're gonna create our own league because we're the product. We're the product. They right. they don't they don't turn on the TV to watch you, and 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 we ain't worried about. We can get a TV contract because uh, uh, BET just started happening. Cable just started happening yep. at the time. They, we'll create <laughs> our league and we'll sell. And I know we could sell it to some of these people because it's going to be some big money because people are going to watch. They're going to watch us. But no, they acquiesce. We don't have the mindset. Of, of independence. We have the mindset of yeah. daddy going to take care of us. I'm going to get me a job. You got a good job, don't you? Yeah, I got me a good job. Mm-hmm. Because we are in survival mode. When you're not conscious and you're afraid to die to the point where you will do anything, you are in survival mode. Mm-hmm. We constantly think, oh, man, we got to get to tomorrow. Yeah, you know, it's rough out here. It's always going to be rough. It's not right. ever going to be easy. You are going to struggle with, with revolution. Somebody going to be uncomfortable. That's how that, if you're not raising revolutionaries, then you shouldn't have children. I mm-hmm. mean that mm-hmm. because people have to have the, the mindset or the attitude that we have to have sovereignty. We have to be self-determining. We have to, all these things that you preach every three days of the yeah. week on this radio show are the things that we have to live by. And if, and if, and if we have to die by, uh, they, I, I just watched the, I, I sent you something. Oh, she is kind of long, but it, okay. they showed where, uh, Fred Hampton, they uh. went in and shot Fred Hampton mm-hmm. in his bed after he was drugged by a, a undercover agent and the agent killed himself after he told his story. Mm-hmm. And Jay had the Hoover is still named is still on that building. And he authorized this foolishness mm-hmm. and, and, and killed this, this child. He was a child. He was, he did. I don't think he was 30 and he killed him mm-hmm. because he understood what they had his foot listen, on his neck. Listen, man, this is a worldwide mm-hmm. system, worldwide system. They will kill your ass if you try to upset the dictates of what's happening. They will kill you. Mm-hmm. Even uh, those who went against the vaccine on the continent of Africa, yeah. three leaders were killed who did not yeah. want their people vaccinated with this vaccine. You know, uh-huh. Africans like Thomas Sankara, Patrice Lumumba, 
They were okay. killed because they were preaching what we're talking about here. One Africa. One Africa. Mm -hmm. And controlling the mm -hmm. resources that we have. Not Britain, not France, not whatever. We do. We dictate it. So, you know, my contention is the hell with it. We're going to die anyway. Let's yeah. fight. Let's fight. Yeah. Let's be who yeah. we are and not what these crackers want us to be, but who we are and who we are historically, you know. And, and, and so that's, that's why I do this thing every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, man, from this mm -hmm. time. Hey, that's Brian, why I do it. You are, you you know? are a godsend. Because, because that's my mindset. Look, that's, look, I went to, to D.C. to see the Martin Luther King Memorial that the Japanese built. A Japanese guy built that, mm -hmm. an Asian guy. Right. And, he, and they put all his softball quotes in there, mm -hmm. black children, white children, nothing right. about we coming to get our checks. Yes. And yeah. I know he said it because I've heard it. Yeah. Like none, none of the none of the radical things he said. Yeah. All the things on there was blacks and whites and we're together. Sure. Everybody's just having fun. We turned into Bill Crosby. Right. You know, just, just, <laughs> everything is fun and jello. But yeah. I'm like, this is this is. But this yeah. is the part that they want to want to raise to the children that mm -hmm. we all gonna get along as long as we're in charge, as long as we're driving the bus. Mm -hmm. Everybody can get on, but as soon as you want to drive, right now all of a sudden you're a radical. Yeah. You're going against status quo. Yeah. What's what's wrong with you? You, you? you don't you see we're giving you things? They're not giving you anything. As a matter of fact, white people are getting tired of this this whole woke. But what's the opposite of woke? Sleep. That's right. Because we've been sleep for a very a long, long time. time. Well, listen, let me take another really caller because I ain't got that much time, brother. <laughs> Irv, I appreciate no, you. Man. Go ahead, big brother. You all know, right. I, uh, go Thank ahead. You. you got four minutes. Go ahead. Six four six six four six. Good afternoon. In the great words of Eddie Murphy, "Pull over, pull over." <laughs> Listen, <laughs> at some point in time, black people just gonna have to pull over and say, "We getting off this bus, That's man." That's right. Until we get to that point, we just gonna keep on going through. What we go and do with these crackers, man? It's not, it's not getting no better, man. The attack is getting worse and worse, man. Mm -hmm. And to be honest with you, we are not in a position or placing ourselves in a position to really deal with this cracker. It's like you know, I was listening to one of the master con artists of our generation. Dr. Umar Afende, whatever the hell <laughs> Afenteo. he called himself Afenteo. Johnson. Yeah. Adeo, Judeo, Judeo, <laughs> Okay, whatever. Um, whatever. Johnson, and he was talking about how black people don't get nothing in return from the Democratic Party, but we constantly vote for them right. because of one thing, fear. And if you think about it, that's all it is, is fear. It's fear about what this other white man is not going to do for you or give you. And in the essence, what do the Democratic Party do for you or give you? Nothing. Yeah. Well, so the reality is we got to figure out how we could become African-centered and liberate 
and fight for the sovereignty that we deserve on the planet. Yeah. Because everybody else done sustain themselves off of our backs. That's right. So, you know, yeah. that's what the deal is. Yeah. But listen, I know you on a strict timeline right. being off and the you know air <laughs> at one o'clock. So I'll catch up with you later. All right. Thanks a lot, Jane. Thank all of you. It Hotel. is that time. Hotel, my brother. Hotel. Yeah, it is that time. Brothers and sisters, we end this program like we end all of our programs with the words of Stephen Biko. The most potent weapon in the hands of the oppressor is the minds of the oppressed. This program is dedicated and committed to helping to free the African mind. But not just the M-I-N-D, but the M-I-N-E. Because under the feet of African people lies all of the resources that everybody wants think they can't do it out, and they sure in the hell, damn it, don't want to pay for it. Brothers and sisters, you have a blessed and wonderful day. Shemhotep means go in peace. Isante sana means thank you. Bibi Vahardier, Bibi Vahardier means our victorious destiny. Brothers and sisters, we will be victorious. You have a blessed and wonderful day, family. See you on Friday.